Hey, hi, what's up, and hello. Welcome to the WHLC show. <laughs> Welcome back to Women's Healthy Living Club podcast. I'm your host, Darian, and today I have my love on to talk about dun, 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 veganism. 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 Triggered. Hashtag triggered. <laughs> okay, so. Um, let's just get right into it. So first we'll t- start talking um, about kind of like diet history because, you know, we've... Wait, let's first just open with this is not a personal attack on anyone. Oh, yes. Sometimes people <laughs> can get a little... Touchy. ...attached and identified with yeah. their way of living, whether it's diet... right exercise religion so on and so forth so sure this is not an attack this is not a personal attack psa on any vegetarian or vegan we ain't hating hopefully it will be uh eye-opening educational a lot of things that i didn't know about when i was a vegetarian which gets us into the next piece we used to be vegetarians we used to be vegetarians and actually and vegan for a little bit we did we've tried a lot of different diets yeah together and apart but um yeah we used to be vegetarians and actually we are not vegetarians now but people will lots of times think that we're vegetarian and i think that's because like like it's unfortunately it's common knowledge or it's like the status quo that vegetarian equals healthy yes that's been uh definitely promoted across social media blogs all that business um and it's not necessarily the whole truth (laughs) it can be true in certain circumstances but we'll get there later so what got you interested in food and what made you switch to being a vegetarian because i don't you didn't grow up that way neither did i no grew up on mcdonald's and eggo waffles word (laughs) <laughs> it's a good time. And then what made you make the switch? Um, it was right around when I, probably end of high school, beginning of college when I, uh, is that okay? Yeah, no. I just want to make sure they can hear you, because you're farther away than I am. You're farther away than I am. I am now, Yeah. but I'm talking louder too. <laughs> I'm talking loud too. Okay, do your thing. Uh, what was the question? When, when did you start um, the change in your diet to vegetarianism and why? Uh, like I said, end of high school, beginning of college, because I was interested in, like, uh, sports performance. Okay. And that was, like, my original motivating factor. For what sport? Or just in general? Just like in general, just yeah. Just, like... Sporty, athletic? Athletic, yeah, because I do a lot of different things, so... Yeah, for sure. Just, in general, sports performance, uh, you know, ability to recover quicker be less, you know, sore and inflamed from your diet, things like that. Okay. Um, I started being a vegetarian because I, ha- I knew this girl in high school who was, like, a fashionista, and she was super thin. But, like, looking back, like, she was, like, her bones were thin. Like, she was bird-built. Small frame. Yes, and I was not. And, like, I thought, oh, well, maybe if I eat veg, because she told me she was a vegetarian. I was like, oh, well, there it is. I'll just do what she's doing, and then I'll look like a bird, too. But... I just ain't got the bird bones. But that's what got me into it. I just wanted to, like, be thinner at the time. And actually, 
So we'll, we'll move into what vegetarian looked like for both of us, because it can look different for a lot of people. And this is why it's not always the healthiest diet, so yeah. to speak. And so, yeah, so I, original motivation was like sports performance and, and I guess just health in general. Yeah. I wanted to be healthy because, you know, the healthier you are, the better your body handles stress and recovers from it, so on and so forth. So it made sense to me logically, you know, mm -hmm. and then I started looking into all the vegetarian, uh, you know, ideas, perspectives, um, reasons and things like that. So then quickly it, it, uh, it escalates into, you know, animal, uh, animal rights or whatever you want to call it. Um, animal welfare, I guess is the term sure. they use yeah. animal welfare, environment, environmental reasons about how, you know, factory farming and conventional agriculture is, uh, and conventional animal agriculture is terrible for the environment and the animal. So it's like, and the people, so it's like, Oh my God, like all these things make so much sense yeah. and it aligns with my values and I'm obviously a better person now. So, um, <laughs> duh. so duh. So I'm going to tell everyone this and, yeah. and be that guy. Right. And I wasn't that guy. No, but you're just not that guy. You're not like that. I'm, yeah. I'm just not like shouting in your face kind yeah, of person. Yeah. Let you figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> watch you along the way. <laughs> um, I wasn't that guy, but you know, when it came up, I would obviously talk like, about okay, it. Okay. I got some information to share here. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, as we've progressed through life and diet experimentation and trying to, you know, figure out what's best for ourselves. We came to learn when it comes to like the environment and um, the support of large agriculture, whatever they're called, institutions with all the kind of cruelty and maltreatment of animals in there. Um, we came to learn that vegetarianism and veganism is kind of a, an inaction action where you think, I just won't support those industries by buying their food so that will kill them but which uh, to a degree i still right. like get behind and believe that in, like vote sense. with your dollar like yes the market forces so can take drive. away their food which is your dollar i understand yeah, that yeah. but i think what we've come to learn is that you know when you take away a certain system it needs to be replaced with a better one and yeah. with the inaction we're not doing that we're just taking our dollar away but where are we putting it to, to into a place that's supportive. To tofu. Right, and then you look at what tofu, how what it takes to harvest yeah, and so, create so let's tofu. slow down. We're jumping but ahead here. Yes, I'm just saying, yeah. like, when, when you talked about that being your motivating factor, we've come to learn that you can use your dollar instead of just taking it away. Yeah. And we'll get into how you can use the dollar So, yeah, later. let's slow down on the economics side of it. For, For sure. But, so, when, what was... What did your vegetarian diet look like, and how long did you do it for? Wowza. So I started in high school. I think I was maybe 16 or 17, and I was in a lot of sports, too. So we were both, like, sporty young people um, without knowing each other. And I used to use my sports activities to justify my food. So, like, my vegetarian experience, I just stopped eating meat, and I was still eating bread. I was still eating cheese french fries like all the shitty food cookies i'd be like okay i have track today so i can have two muffins instead of one like really just living on bread and cheese basically carbaholic and milk because i would when i lived by my well i'd be home alone like in the summers while my parents worked and pretty much had ice cream for breakfast like every day mm-hmm 
but it's vegetarian. <laughs> there's no meat in it, and it's just full of sugar and dairy. So. so I did not eat like a total asshole. Tom was a good vegetarian. And I actually like from like early high school, probably through most of high school, like you know we had an open campus lunch, so it was like fast food every day. So I was you know eating Wendy's and McDonald's, like fast food. Like I lived on fast food mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 like, breakfast at home was, like, chocolate chip waffles. Like, it oh, was, yeah. so it was, you know, just, Not far from ice just cream. <laughs> standard American diet, mm-hmm. um, processed food and all that. So then, like, towards the end of high school, you know, got, you know, had some health classes and some more advanced, like, weight training classes and got more interested in diet and so, um, and how it affects, you know, health performance, all that stuff. So I started to think, so I started to eat healthier just in general, but then shortly after that went right to like being vegetarian for the reasons I you know already talked about, um, and it uh, and so like I went from fast food, just like complete garbage, to then like a pre- like a decently healthy vegetarian diet. So I would have like smoothies with you know berries and you had and huge salads, spinach, too. huge salads, like lots of food I'd never eaten before, lots of vegetables I'd never eaten before on a regular basis anyway, um, and stuff like that, a lot more, yeah, just fruits, vegetables, like nuts and seeds, like all the things that I didn't eat before, and those are all like good foods to eat. Right. And so I went from... Especially compared. Yeah, yeah. And then like, once I got into college, I would still go out and eat, but it's it's easy to eat vegetarian, um, and like, you know, when you're 20, it's, you feel pretty good on anything, but even so, I went from a really crappy diet to a much better diet that just lacked meat that just didn't have meat in it right so really i it was a better diet like nutrient density wise and and all that kind of thing um and i think that's what most people do right they go from just a general shitty diet to a vegetarian diet that's now they're forced to eat more fruits and vegetables right and so you feel better just because you're eating better in general not specifically because of the removal of meat exactly it's more of a transfer from processed food to whole food to whole food right anytime you do that you're gonna have a great fucking time it's gonna be a good time and so sometimes that turns people like straight up religious about it because they feel saved you know like this diet saved me yeah yeah like in a way i've never felt better it's like have you ever tried anything else what you're doing before this it's like something else could have made you feel just as good in a way it does most likely so for me, when I first met Tom, I was still a meat and cheese vegetarian, and I saw, and he was a vegetarian, I was like, cool, and I was watching how he ate, and I was like, I don't eat like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm actually a vegetarian. So I went through, like, that, like, awakening from shitty food to whole food while being a vegetarian. So I, I didn't have this, like, dogma about, like, oh, vegetarian saved my life. It was like, I was avoiding meat and now I'm avoiding meat and eating vegetables mm-hmm. so it changed changed a lot for yeah me. and either way how that happens it still reinforces the value of a vegetarian diet yeah. when you come from that perspective because you just like right. I was feeling worse and now I'm feeling better this is what I did therefore you know yes. that's you know for sure that's what caused it but that's not always the case it's not always the case so I was vegetarian like through probably first for like four or five years total Probably four, I would say. Um, I'd say the same. The last, like, last year of high school and then first three years of college. But then, so, like, you know, I learned all about the reasons of why you'd want to be a vegetarian and, like, got behind them um, in terms of, like, animal welfare. Factory farms are 
terrible. I still, I still think that. Yeah. Um, all the and then like uh, environmentally, they're bad for the environment. And then like all the health reasons that at first seem true, mm-hmm. but then the deeper down the rabbit hole you go, mm-hmm. the m- the more those all those arguments tend to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, animal welfare and environmental reasons, yeah, as well as uh, health. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, and that all, and that what really sparked my, or what really like challenged me to reconsider my beliefs was uh, studying anthropology, like taking oh, anthro- right. anthropology class in college. Yeah. Um, and just basically, you know, how it's pretty, you know, like all the vegan arguments are uh, against this. They're they're cute, but they they don't really hold up against the evidence of how yeah we were hunter and gatherers for like, Ever. you know, good. 200,000 years. Like, since we've been on the planet? Yeah, yeah. since we were anatomically modern. Yeah. For, you know, which is about 200,000 years ago is, you know, it's what I think is most accurate. Right. Um, based on the evidence and stuff. Um, and so, so for the last 200,000 plus years, last, you know, hundreds of thousands of years, we were hunter-gatherers. Um, and these systems that we live in are conditioned to, to live that way. Like these frames, this body. Yeah, right. It right. has for the last. Yeah, it's that adapted long. <laughs> to. It's more adapted to that, and then agriculture only came around in the last ten thousand years. Right. So, like, do the math on what percentage of, you know, our. I'm not D- doing math this morning. Our DNA was <laughs> <laughs> hunter gatherer versus agricultural. Right, and I know some might argue like, well, just because we've been doing something forever, does that mean it's right? And. In, I, yeah, like, that is an argument that it does comes make up. that makes sense. But sure. then, you know, like our teacher Paul Check says all the time in his podcast, like there, it, <laughs> there hasn't been any notable recording of three generations of vegetarian or veganism working yeah. for the human body. Well, that's the other like, thing. Like you can't have a vegetarian vegan baby. There, yeah, there's no. They will die. <laughs> there's no. Um, I mean, there's 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 always going to be cases and situations that that do prove sure that argument like there's always going to be outliers on both sides but so, it's a very small but it's rare and it's like and that's the thing like when when you do start like talking to vegans and arguing with them that they they take it to these very extreme niche examples it's like well he's you know those people are the exception to the rule yeah you know they're the outliers the one percenters whatever you want to call it um but yeah the idea being that you know vegetarianism is a very recent idea and ability, and like we didn't, we didn't have an option. Yeah, it, to not eat meat. If you didn't eat meat, you've died. Bye. Yeah. Especially like hunter gatherer small population days. Oh yeah, I like, mean like, and so going back to anthropology without jumping ahead too far. Sure. Um, too quickly, anthropology then led me to uh, learn about Weston Price and the work he did. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know who Weston Price is, he was a dentist in the early 1900s, I believe, and he went around to the he was a dentist but he was a you know and you know interested in anthropology and his 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 whole thing was he went around to the the remaining indigenous cultures of the world all over the world and studied their diets and how it related to basically like forming your face and your dental arches and things like that um and he showed that just like within one or two generations of indigenous people being introduced to uh, Western food, which is like, you know, refined flour, sugar, milk, pro- you know, pasteurized milk and all that stuff, um, that 
deformities start to happen in generations. So he showed the same thing with cats. It's a really it's called physical nutrition and physical degeneration, and it's a really well put together book with like lots of pictures and anecdotes um, about that. So that got me interested in like the ancestral approach to diet. And so studying that and again the hunter gatherer uh, idea like made a lot of sense because that's what happened. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Period. <laughs> and and as far as like nutrition goes, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, arguments for the how how meat is not healthy, but they're they're really poorly done studies. Um, like the China study is one that everybody references. Yeah, I remember that being a um, huge thing. And I mean, it's been debunked like quite a bit. But it's like it's a guy who he he made an argument for veganism based on uh, people in China comparing the diets and health of people in the modern city versus people out in the country. Hmm. And so again, it's like standard American diet, like a versus whole foods. processed diet versus yeah. whole foods. And the people in the country weren't vegan or vegetarian. They were still eating meat. Oh. <laughs> just less of it than, and that was like the one thing he focused on, just less, less meat than the people in. But less doesn't mean no. Right. Less doesn't mean none. Um, and uh, just because like less is more doesn't mean none is best. Right. which is a slippery slope that yes. gets most people. Yes. Um, it seems like most of the studies have made that mistake where they're focusing on one component, but in general, when you look at it from a broad view, it's just a transition from process to whole, like we talked right, about Right, exactly, and that's what it was. And and I bet if you equated the meat in both of those populations, the health differences would have been the same, mm -hmm. even for the because the people in the city were just eating you know, more processed food. Yeah, and, and I'm sure and, the meat quality and, was different, and too. And less activity. Oh, Whereas that's these right. people in the country are farmers growing their own food. Yeah, and gotta look at the whole picture. Yeah, so it's like they, you know that you can't you can't isolate uh, these variables and that's a correlation, and, right? And mm -hmm. make it you know make it uh, work like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then you decided to eat meat again, or after the anthropology experience right and i was dating you so, kind of just following you health wise yeah. i decided tom was my health guru when i met him and i was <laughs> like yeah i'm gonna go ahead and date you and you're my health guru love you thanks it's been a great ride so far yeah so anyway um <laughs> so so then so again going down the rabbit holes of where did vegetarianism come from the history because according you know according to anthropology and uh, you know, Weston A. Price's work. There, there is no, there is no indigenous vegetarian culture ever recorded in the history of mankind. That's another and thing. And the the tribes that have been studied, the more animal food they ate, the healthier they were compared to the ones who ate less. Because again, thinking about from especially from a natural ancestral perspective, when you're living yeah. in within the rhythms of nature, you have to go by the season. Right. And so food availability is different depending on where you are in the world but it, it it doesn't matter everywhere in the world there's ways to sustain human uh human nutrition yeah right and there's many different ways to eat it can be diet can be highly varied mm -hmm. but removing animal products completely um it it can't happen in nature really like yeah. it, it simply just can't um uh, and you definitely don't have vegetarian animals i mean 
Actually, we do. Well, yeah, no. See, well, that's another argument. Like people because, are like, oh, well, look at the, look at what an elephant but eats. But they have like four stomachs. Gorilla, yeah, or something. no, they have a totally different digestive yeah, system. Yeah, like, we're not so the same as elephants. They have like literally different. Like, or cows. You know, like cows have a, a rumen. You know, they yeah. they're ruminants. They have a. What's the thing when they put it in their cheek? The cud. The cud. But that's that's basically what it is it goes. You know, I don't know the exact uh, anatomy of the. That's not what this podcast animals. is about. <laughs> but again, it's different than humans. Right. And humans One are stomach, four stomachs, omnivores. Huge yeah. Yeah. Huge difference. So the history of veganism and vegetarianism. You you just learned a whole lot about this on uh, the Sustainable Dish podcast. Yes, yeah, shout out to shout out the Sustainable Dish podcast. Check her out if you're interested at all in, you know, uh, conscious it's, eating. It's basically I think her slogan is something like uh, human performance, human health, and sustainability. Like where those things overlap. Yeah. And so obviously that has a lot to do with diet. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, she had a really good episode, and I had knew some of this before, but it was enlightening uh, the details. But basically, like, the vegetarian movement started with um, the Seventh-day Adventist uh, Christians, I guess. Church? Yeah. I call them a church. Church, yeah, Seventh-day Adventist church. And uh, one of the Kellogg brothers who started Kellogg's cereal. And so... Kellogg's cereal was so basically ve- vegetarianism was started by like Christianity like it, it right. was it was heavily influenced by religion and basically I don't know the, the lady's name but it, if you listen to the sustainable dish podcast it's I forgot what episode it is but I think it's like 58 or something something like that but it's with uh, it's called like anti-meat propaganda that's mm-hmm. that's in the title but anyway it started with the Seventh-day Adventists, and one of the Seventh-day Adventist people uh, had a vision one day. From God. From God. Just had a vision, uh, a hallucination, that basically gave her, you know, guidance from, from God, she claimed, on what's, like, the best diet for people. And it's, and it's basically what the Seventh-day Adventists still follow, a vegetarian diet with no stimulants, so, like, no coffee, tea, and they considered meat to be a stimulant Mm -hmm. and so a stimulant to what that's where you can get into like robert kellogg stuff i don't know if it was robert kellogg there's there's two kellogg brothers one was the crazy one i'm about to talk about and the other one like i think finished up and and made the business but anyway the one kellogg guy wanted he was uh he was like obsessed with and he was religious and obsessed with figuring out how to stop kids from masturbating Right, because that's anti-religion. Because yeah, because that's uh, yeah, you need you know all not the, cool in all the, the church. All usually. the religious, especially like conservative, very Christian. fundamental. They're Funda- fundamental. Fundamental, yeah, yeah, very fundamental. Um, and so he wanted to create a product that would, you know, decrease their sexual stimulation. So he saw meat and animal products as sexually stimulating. Which he's not wrong, because nope. <laughs> uh, animal products are important in your diet, especially, you know, like saturated fat and cholesterol, because they're precursors to sex hormones. And sex hormones, like, dude, that's your bread and butter. Like, yeah, it's mean, your that, creative life force. Yeah, and I mean, just like like testosterone, like to, like, to feel good. Like, you need yeah. a decent amount of testosterone, especially if you want to, like, you know, get after some shit. Like, do some work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he made cornflakes, because he... His, thought was that if he could make a very bland food it would be anti-stimulating oh yeah and 
so that's not encourage people yeah. to boom boom or to, well to eat less meat so you're gonna eat this yeah. bland food and yeah. it's gonna basically kill your sex drive because it's you're, and i don't know i don't i doubt he understood the nutrition behind like that yeah. meat you do need meat for these things but he still got it right in the sense that animal products have the nutrients that are precursors to sex hormones yeah so he was like he was right like yeah meat is a a stimulant in that sense and so when it comes to so that i'm glad you said this about the whole sex hormones thing hold on just to to tie that up so then she had this vision her and kellogg were buddies (laughs) then they formed the the diet for the seventh day adventist uh church and obviously everyone knows how much power and reach a church has especially this one they're old as fuck well and just christianity in general it's you know one of the biggest religions in the world right and it's and so that and then combined with once we get into the industrial revolution and and the change in the farming practices then you get the grain industries Mm -hmm. so big corporations and the church combined that's Mm -hmm. a powerful marketing force yes it is so plant-based everything anyway i'm glad you brought up the sex hormone thing because i see a lot of women in the health space like promoting vegan vegetarian diets plant-based diets whatever you want to call it um i think plant-based is like a new like pc word triggering yeah Yeah, (laughs) for those two diets but um ironically you know a lot of women in this health space are dealing with other females as their clients that have hormone imbalances and then they're recommending these diets that aren't necessarily conducive to healthy sex hormone levels and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm, that's why I'm really excited to have Tom on the podcast to talk about this because he's done a lot, a lot of research. I mean, you heard the guy like in between when he first became vegetarian, like he was just a fucking what's something that really digs a lot like a pig. What what's like really I don't know. That doesn't really make sense with the, <laughs> with the whole diet thing, but. You're just like a, a serious scavenger when it comes to information and truth, and so. Well, I just I I, like, I just keep asking why until I hit a wall. Yeah. Why and where? Where did it come from? And why? Yeah. yeah. Just in general, I like, keep asking like. The well, W's. Why? Yeah, like. The main W's. But yeah. Um. So if you are a woman listening to this podcast, I encourage you to, you know, do your best to take in this information, chew it up a little bit, see see what it's going to do for you before you before writing it off because the whole um well tom will get into some of the science behind the hormonal health with meat consumption and all that stuff but it's super important for females to have regular cycles um you know not a whole lot of negative symptoms with cycles like it it really really matters for hormonal health to get meat-based flesh protein and fat so 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 before we transition into like either nutrition or agriculture agriculture, just like tie it up real quick so you know you go from standard to vegetarian to help to somewhat healthy vegetarian it feels good all the reasons make sense and that's great and most people stop there they don't keep looking because it fits and aligns with their values so Mm -hmm. they stop looking for things that challenge it Mm -hmm. i was forced to be challenged by it by an anthropology class which i'm also genuinely interested in Mm -hmm. so it's like okay well now i have conflicting beliefs like now you have to bridge i need to fix this Mm -hmm. and so not everybody does that and that's where you get you know people who are so committed to being this diet or that diet at the expense of their own health and like you know and that kind of thing so so then i researched the history of the diet itself and it's kind of based on you know, they're, like the China study is like the quote-unquote science, 
the the foundation of the science behind it but it's been kind of torn apart by a lot of smarter more people that are smarter than i am and then learning about the history of the religious influence and how it's based on really nothing it's a vision it was based on a hallucination and that the reason for not having meat i don't even agree with like why would you want to suppress your sexuality right and in some cases um people that are in the pursuit of spirituality for the spirituality's sake and that's it that makes sense like the yogis recommend a vegetarian diet for the same reason they don't want you to be stimulated to use that creative energy for something not for god which they believe that you know your energy is quote wasted when you have sex with someone it could be used to you know help the needy or feed the poor help the poor feed the needy all of that kind of stuff um and i know a lot of people who have adopted vegetarian diets for specifically spiritual reasons to to kind of cleanse but you cannot be cleansing all the time and and i just want to say like yeah there's a time and a place where a all plant diet might be a good thing for you for a temporary amount of time yeah because i think that's the the problem is that especially in america and like the west everything is a binary issue it's this or it's that there is no middle ground it's not a sliding scale it's not a spectrum when in reality it is yeah and so yeah like a quote-unquote cleanse is like if you were to do a cleanse with only only produce or only like plant food you're also just going into a caloric deficit yeah which cleanses your body whether you have it's similar to like animal fasting, products or not yeah sort of similar it's, benefits yeah so without having to not eat <laughs> right right so it's just you just dropped your calories and are eating mostly fiber and water which is a tool that can be used right but tool you, for the job you don't you're not going to go around your whole day using a damn hammer sometimes you got to switch the tool yes so do you want to get into nutrition first or yeah let's get into that since we brought up the um, hormonal health I want people to know yeah about that so when I I'd never had any really health issues being vegetarian I kind of did you you did I, I had anemia yeah you were anemic um, I I didn't because I was also eating like whey and eggs which is like if you're gonna eat if you're gonna if you're still not gonna eat flesh like those are the at least have eggs. at least have a couple yeah at least have eggs and whey and and butter or ghee or something like that um and and you'll be good for the most part mm-hmm. um generally speaking <laughs> yeah in general um but yeah i was anemic i didn't and i don't really remember like what the symptoms of anemia were i feel like i was just tired. felt like yeah i was just no like energy. dragging all the time and i remember literally maybe that's why i would stare at you with vengeance while you were like you know, starting to exercise at like seven, like just moving around, doing some. I wasn't exercising. I, I was thought it was exercise. Stretching. I didn't know jack shit about movement or the body, and I was like, "This motherfucker is moving," and I just want to lay on the couch. What the heck? And like having no energy and being super fatigued, like, ugh, what a terrible way to try to get through life. Like everything feels like a job, a real big chore and a job. So. Um, I started to eat meat again because of that, sort of, but then also learning about Tom's epiphanies with the whole anthropology thing. But I tell you guys, I started eating meat again, and I didn't feel any different. And in fact, I remember having dreams. Like, my body was trying to tell you, like, hey, yo, bitch, buy yourself some salami on a Subway sandwich. It would look good. And, like, I would legit have dreams of literally footlongs stacked with pepperoni, meat, like all the meats I could imagine. And I'd be like, oh no, I can't have it in the dream. But like literally drooling in real life. And eventually I was like, and then it was kind of around the same time you decided to eat meat again. And I was like, really? Because I just had a dream that all I wanted to do was eat meat. Hmm. And I remember your roommates were like, 
Tom, like, Tom's going to eat meat? Because you were so well studied on, like, why you were vegetarian. And then it was cool to, like, see you stand up and change because, like, a lot of people are doing that now, and it's... Yeah, I mean, you, c- you can't you can't be set in your ways. Like, yeah. you can't think you know it all. That's not healthy. Change is healthy, I think. Yeah, well... Regular change. Nothing's permanent. Right, you that's know, why I that's, think it's healthy. That's why, like, again, being fixed on a... You know, t- like, thinking everything's a binary issue is... is is a fixed mindset, you know, it's this or that. So tell me about the, like, why, why is flesh good for us? So I guess we could relate it to women because a lot more, I think more women are vegetarian. I would think so. And vegan or whatever. Um, It's cute now. It's cute. Yeah. And so let me ask you, how many of these women that you see that are vegetarian or plant-based Yeah. or whatever they call it, how many of them, um, have mentioned uh, that they they deal with some kind of depression or mental health issue? Um, a lot. I've heard of... I could probably count at least five on my hand. All right, well, let's start there. Yeah. So um, there's, there's a lot of good research. I'm not going to quote studies. If you're really interested, just... Give it a Google. Go look them up. <laughs> but so protein especially protein from meat from meat a high quality protein source it's like yeah i know you can get all your proteins from plants but it it's a different the amino acid profiles are different and it's just it's a lot harder to do mm-hmm. and we'll get into that in a second but so protein specifically the amino acid tryptophan which everyone's probably heard of it's like oh yeah it makes you sleepy turkey um, <laughs> which is like not totally true but i'm not getting into that right now but tryptophan is uh a precursor to serotonin Hmm. and serotonins are happy drugs yes in our brain and so if you are deprived of protein and and even people who don't who are not vegetarian a lot of people don't get enough protein anyway yeah but anyway it's a precursor to serotonin so it's hugely important in your like happy brain chemical production Mm -hmm. protein Mm -hmm. um and so also another nutrient found in meat acetyl l-carnitine uh there's really good studies again just look it up acetyl l-carnitine uh deficiencies were found in people with major depressive disorders hmm. so if you're deficient in acetyl l-carnitine from not eating enough meat you you know they've associated that with um major depressive disorders and these can only be found in meat they can't be found in plants. Well, like, or they're just differently profiled. Well, like you, like you know, because the vegan argument is you can get all your protein from plants, which you can, because mm-hmm. like the okay, so quick nutrition for dummies lesson: um, protein is made up of amino acids. There's a certain amount of essential amino acids, mm-hmm. and there's a certain amount of non-essential amino acids. Mm-hmm. Non-essential amino acids are what our body makes itself based off the fuel we feed it no matter what it is and the essential amino acids are what we have to get through diet we we don't make them Mm -hmm. and i mean well without getting too deep into that um so just and then there's high quality protein and low quality protein and then like high quality protein is all the amino acids all the essential amino acids or all of them you know Mm -hmm. in one and so all animal food all animal meat 
or protein mm -hmm. is a complete protein just right there like all of it has there. all of the essentials with, with a good ratio of all the amino acids mm -hmm. so people say well oh well if you eat rice and beans you get a complete protein it's mm -hmm. like yeah but look at how much you're getting it's obviously not enough mm -hmm. um, and then also the levels of amino acids in rice and beans and you'll see it's 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 different it's a different mm -hmm. profile than what meat is um, so you can but it's tricky yeah and like you know, I imagine like trying to buy individual rolls of toilet paper instead of just a bulk. Like, I gotta buy toilet paper from this store and this well, store yeah, and this store, and now I have my own. Right, and just like kind of like what we're getting at, especially with, you know, because because you can do, a, you can survive on a vegan diet, um, but I've heard so many horror stories from like long-term vegans, ten plus years, mm -hmm. twenty years of just wrecking health eventually. Mm -hmm. So like you know, if you've been a vegan uh, vegan for less than five years, like call me and call me in another five and then yeah um, might start and something. and at that being able to have a sustainable you know quote unquote like healthy like you're hitting all your nutrients that you need it's a first world option to be able to cherry it's, pick them yeah from it's everywhere. a first world yeah. option based on you know based on industry and product industrialism and, and, and yeah. yeah and all these all these other things like that which we'll get into in a minute get into in a minute so acetyl l-carnine and tryptophan Important for happiness. Yeah, protein in general. High-quality protein. Meat important, makes you happy. <laughs> important for happiness. Um, and then the cholesterol issue. Hmm. People say, oh, high cholesterol is bad, and again, it's black and white. Um, I'd like to ask a vegan what they think is an appropriate cholesterol, cholesterol level. Because, mm -hmm. like, you know, with this way of thinking, like, well, if lower is better, then... Zero. <laughs> yeah, well, if you have zero, you're dead. No cholesterol. Um, speaking of low cholesterol... Again, Google these studies. Just Google it. Um, low cholesterol has been associated with um, all-cause mortality, an increase in all-cause mortality. So, basically, in you know, low cholesterol, they have found people with low cholesterol have a higher chance of dying from anything. Wow. All-cause mortality. From anything. From anything. Tripping. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm just playing. It, well, in the sense of like, you trip, you fall, you break your hip, you go to the hospital, you get pneumonia, and right. you die. You just like, aren't as if resilient. you had low cholesterol, you're probably just weaker in general yeah. or nutrient deficient. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, so like, it's it, cholesterol isn't bad. Your body makes it. Mm -hmm. um, sugar isn't bad. Your body makes that too. It's just, um, and so I think that, like, with diet and all this stuff like oh well, th there is a lot of research out there that shows yeah high cholesterol has been associated with higher incidence of like uh heart disease mm -hmm. but i think that's again i think the cholesterol is high because all these people with high cholesterol in these studies that have heart disease are also eating an incredibly inflammatory diet mm -hmm. of you know white flowers and and you back know, to processed yeah food. again processed food so processed food is what is actually causing it causing these cholesterol markers to rise mm -hmm. um and then th and then those it's the cholesterol like that's taking the blame and that's how they're like right you know because look at who's funding might the also study. be a correlation yeah and mm -hmm. and then you know all the not to mention that like there was never the first uh like college nutrition course was sponsored by kellogg mm. a grain industry mogul right so Which, again like with the history conflict of interest too, yeah first of all like you're going to promote you know, the base of the pyramid is grains if you're yeah. funding it, right? Because that's what you're selling. You're trying to get that paper. Yeah, so so low cholesterol is bad. Yeah. Inflammation is bad. 
So I don't think that like high cholesterol is inherently bad, but it's usually caused by not not the consumption of dietary cholesterol because mm-hmm. your body makes it anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's actually uh, you know, its role is to try to uh, repair the damage that inflammation has done. Mm-hmm. So if there's no inflammation in your arteries, then cholesterol isn't going to have to like lay down. It's uh, not going to have to build lay up. down plaque. Yeah, to, right. to to repair the inflammation. So aside from cholesterol, um, there's other. You know, everyone talks about uh, like essential fats, the omegas. Everyone knows about omega threes. Omega three. Omega three. Omega and six. six. You got to get your omegas. Eat your fish. It's essential. Flaxseed. Uh, I'm vegan, so I get them from flax, right? By Wrong. the way, fuck flax seeds. <laughs> They're <laughs> nasty. They're uh, not that bad. But they're just not my fave. They taste like little bugs in my mouth. I like big seeds, man. Oh, I, well, I like flax, like, when it's more processed. Yeah, like in a... Like in a like muffin. A, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, that's cool. But, like, try eating some flax by itself. No. Not so fun. No, thanks. Fish by itself. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> right out of the water. Yep. So, people always talk about omega-3s. You And you really cannot get the required amount of omega-3s from plants because there's more than one kind of omega-3 because again everybody stops at like the the, one the face layer. value yeah, yeah. uh oh, omega-3s there's, there's omega-3s in here it's like well what kind of omega-3s are they because you need a certain ratio of them to be you know to to be optimal mm-hmm. and so in a nutshell are we we want a a good omega three to six ratio and like we want to get it down like ideally it's like you know one one to three or one to two or low like that so like omega three to six ratio like you have one part omega three to three parts omega six mm-hmm. um and so if that ratio is low like that that's low inflammation mm-hmm. if it's high which most like you know, all, all grains, processed food, convenient vegan food, most mock meats and vegan foods um, are high in omega-6. And so then you get that ratio, like, skewed the other way, like a 1 to 10, mm. 1 to 20, mm-hmm. 3 to 6 ratio. I think I have that right. It might be the other way around, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, and so that determines inflammation. And so omega-3s are important for that reason, and they're important for brain health, but specifically DHA and EPA. And that's those are abbreviations for really big words. Go look it up. I can't. I can't even say them if I tried. Um, and so, in like the quote unquote vegan sources of omega threes, it's uh, not. It's usually not DHA or EPA because those are from fish. It's ALA, which then vegans will say, "Oh, well, your body converts ALA to DHA and EPA." It does, but at like a at like a one to five percent conversion rate that's pretty low yeah which means like you're not you're barely getting it yeah you're not you're yeah just not. you're basically <laughs> not like you're one not. to five percent yeah. and dha and epr are super important for brain health mm. um and uh yeah so so anyway the only place you can really get dha and epa from is fish fish oil krill oil mm. and algae mm. and then vegans will be like aha See? See? You can get it from plants. It's like, okay, well, I want you to calculate how much algae you would need to eat a day to equal the same amount as, like, I don't know, a teaspoon of fish oil. 
Dude. It's... That would be nice. If you've ever tried to eat seaweed, it's, uh... Have you ever had algae? You put that in your smoothie, and you're like, yeah, I'm being healthy. Fuck yeah. Straight up tastes like fish and bananas. Tastes like fish food. The smell of fish food. It smells like the dock. It's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Just eat the... Just eat the fish. Which... You're eating yeah. fish stank anyway. Yeah, and you know, there's there's other reasons to eat forms of algae. Sure. Like uh, Maybe spirulina form. and chlorella. I forgot which one, but one of them is good at removing heavy metals from your body. So like, there's there's reasons to there's to benefits, eat it. But, but you can't put your backbone on that. But this is a good segue into agriculture. Yes. Animals are nutrient condensers. Yes. The fish eats the algae, and you eat the fish, it and does you the... get the benefits of the algae, but in a potent concentrated form right. in the fish the animal is our processor yes. like we don't need to process our own food it's processing it for us and yeah. then we eat the animal with love and grace yes <laughs> um and so okay so omega-3s tough to get you can with algae like Good have luck. fun smelling like a fish tank mm. um your mouth's gonna be dyed green <laughs> yeah and everything be green that um, shit is hard to get and out. then lastly for as far as nutrition goes Another big point is creatine. Mm. Creatine is in steak. It's in beef. Is it in plants? No. What does it do for you? It it does a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so separate podcast. <laughs> without getting too far, without getting too deep into creatine, uh, if you eat if you eat meat, you're getting creatine. You're cool. You can supplement with more creatine for more benefits. Um, but basically, it's one of the most well researched like supplements for sports performance. It, it it adds fuel to your muscles. It makes them bigger, more full of water, so you're bigger and stronger, like, instantly. I mean, not instantly, but, like, over a couple of weeks of using it and maintaining mm-hmm. it or whatever. Um, but it also has – there's a lot of research coming out now that ha- it has incredible cognitive benefits for hmm. your brain. Like memory? Memory. Executive clear, function? Yes. Cool. All that kind of stuff. And there's actually a study. Again, go Google it. Um, Google creatine it. Creatine and vegetarian diets – or vegetarians. They did a study where they gave vegetarian – they supplemented – vegetarians with creatine and did like a pre and post IQ test uh-huh. and like IQ points went up by like significant like statistically significant amount really so like it like yeah because like the whole literally idea- makes you smarter to eat meat well or yeah, to get this to specific get cre- sp- yeah nutrient. which is only in meat so that by association yes yeah um, you can't get so, the supplement but then that's yeah we'll get into the agriculture and so what happens when people go on a vegan diet long term is that they're not getting the right uh omega they're not getting the right fatty acid profile again incredible for brain health your brain is 80% fat or something like that. It's like, it's all fat. It needs a specific kind of fat. So you're shrinking your brain by not eating enough uh, of the correct essential fatty acids. You're killing your cognition by not getting any creatine. And so, you know, this is why, like, one of the vegan, like, archetypes is this, like, angry, irritable, uh, like, abrasive kind of sensitive person yeah. especially one who identifies with that and like puts and there's all a bunch of, their, of emotional dogma there's a lot it. of emotion attached to it so whew, it's a even other diets with emotion like all the emotional baggage can be like if you talk to a paleo person the wrong way it's it can be similar but not as not in the same way as right. vegan vegetarian yeah. i think it's a little yeah. bit different yeah so in my experience so we returned to eating meat and then we're like well how are we going to eat meat and like make it cool and not and not support those shitty and not support ass operations factory farms and blah 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 so we long story short we learned that to, to instead of supporting you know big monocropping industrial K-Fos. farming operations and factory farms and all that stuff 
the the way to go is to support your local farmer yes and so we wanted to experience this on an even deeper level so we went and we worked on farms the best way to learn is direct experience (laughs) so we just were like all right it looks like we're going to be farmers now so we went to alaska and worked on a goat farm yep did all the things associated with that we've worked on a couple other vegetable farms and we've watched uh, some butchering did we watch butchering yeah i think so I mean, like, I've butchered a fish. I haven't, like, killed anything bigger than that yet. But I've at least watched it. You know, I I understand the process and all that. And so so getting into animal agriculture now, um, like, vegan products, like, your hands aren't clean. They'll never be clean. So, okay, so let me me just back it up a second. (laughs) Life eats life. Like, that should be the takeaway from what we're talking about here. Life eats life, and you cannot... Uh, you cannot even grow vegetables without animal products. Like, there's no way you cannot remove. We should say good vegetables. Good vegetables. Yeah. No, you cannot remove animals from food production, even plant production. You cannot remove animals from even plant production in any way. Like, it's a, it's, it's the impossible. cycle of life, mm-hmm. and it's impossible to remove it. Um, and that's just not how life works. And so. So like, no shame, baby. Yeah. So like you just it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense on any any way you cut it or look at it. So getting back to animal agriculture, well, what about what about um, the environment and how cows are uh, you know burping so much that they're increasing methane and Ozone contributing to I think that's different, but oh. uh, just <laughs> global global warming like greenhouse effect. Mm-hmm. Um, the more the more carbon and methane in the air, mm-hmm. the hotter things get, and uh, heats up all that whole thing. Um, and so people people will argue that like, yeah, we need to stop. Animals are the number one source of uh, pollution. They're really not. It's it's transportation. Mm, big time. It's transportation. Yeah. Um, There's way more cars in the world than there are cows. Yeah. Yeah, and so when it comes to animal agriculture especially with cows um actually cows of all even industrialized farming practices cows really have the best deal even the most factory farmed cow spends 80 percent of its life grazing Mm -hmm. and then usually like the last 20 percent on a feedlot which is still usually outside around other cows um and sure they're fed grain but they don't hate it like they they like i mean you you know how oh my gosh when we worked with goats in alaska that grain was our like bribe tool it's It's like sugar like for a kid it was like come here get the candy oh follow me they loved grain of course they ate it just as they ate way more grass than grain they only got grain when we milked them but yeah just to keep them still yeah so it's like grain's not necessarily the devil when you're feeding animals but right and then solely grain may maybe yeah and i mean like i don't i don't just because of inflammation i don't necessarily agree with um like huge huge CAFO operations, confined animal farming operation, Uh something like that. Um, But, like, the reason that chickens are inside is because of predators. Like, there was just a case, I think it was, I think it was in Alaska, maybe. Um, But somewhere in the United States, uh, there was a, there was, like, a case where a a chicken farm had lost, like, over a million dollars worth of chickens to eagles, 
Yeah, that's nuts. Eagles were eating up to 100 chickens a day because they were <laughs> trying to keep them outside, but they can't. So see, so look, it's like, even if you stop eating the chickens, the damn eagles are coming to eat the right, chickens anyway. Yeah, the animals you're not eating are going to die anyway. It's true. Um, but so yeah. the, the goal is to source them from, from a place where they have uh, a, a great life and one bad moment. Yeah, you know? exactly. And honestly, like in terms of nature, like uh, slaughtering is far more humane than the way things die in nature. Like, right? Go check out uh, "Nature Is Metal" on Instagram. That shit will fuck you up. And wake your ass up to <laughs> how things actually die. And it is not a quick hit, lights out. No. It is a long, drawn out, painful, it can be torturous, incredibly sad process. Yeah. And that's just life eats life like you have to understand this yes and even in the most simple fact like if you put something if you put flesh on the ground the earth will consume that flesh and yeah. use it and transform that energy into other well yeah and then going back to life eats life like you are what you eat right everyone would agree with that you're also what you eat eats so that's why people like oh i want grass-fed beef because it has a better fatty acid profile healthier animal and it's a healthier animal i know it was outside eating grass blah 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 so, you're, you know, people are concerned with what they eat, eats. Well, guess what plants eat? Flesh. Yeah. <laughs> guess what organic fertilizer is um, for organic vegetables? Fish guts. Fish guts. Manure. Yeah. Animal shit. It's animal products. Yeah. It's all, it's animal products. Even if all you consume is vegetables, yeah. you still are using animal products. And, and like, just for an example, again, going back to more traditional farming, small operations, go support your local CSA. Do it. But compared to conventional methods is that like if if uh like for example if an animal dies on your on your uh on your farm you can bury if, if you can't you know whatever you don't eat or whatever isn't processed or organs you're not going to eat you can bear you just bury that under the garden like that's that's a common practice buried under the, the garden and then the the fungus mm -hmm. another kingdom of life and other bugs and bugs worms. they well especially the fungus breaks all that down mm -hmm. and when, once they digest that, then that is good soil, good mm -hmm. topsoil with nu with nutrients that then the plants extract from the ground. So dirt is legit decomposed so, flesh. Yeah, I mean, and other things. It, you could you could say that. I mean, yeah, it's leaves like, and other plants. Right, but it's like it's organic, dead things. It's organic matter processed by bacteria, yeah, fungus especially, um, and and so yeah, life eats life again. And so like another thing that uh, I didn't really consider until much later in this uh, journey was that, uh, like, you know, vegetarian or vegan, it's like meat, like, you know, animal products. That's the thing. I only eat plants. But really you don't because you also eat bacteria mm -hmm. in the, uh, in, and, and fungus in mm -hmm. the form of mushrooms. And, like, bacteria would be, like, kombucha or anything fermented that you eat. It's mm -hmm. bacteria. Mm -hmm. So that's two other kingdoms of life that people just throw into plants. Like, but oh, yeah, it's, yeah it, but it's not at all. It's completely mm -hmm. different. Actually, they say fungus is more close to an animal than a plant, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and just like, I mean, just the research coming out on how fungus and plants relate is just incredible and how it's like fungus acts as literally like a a wet, a communication web. Like a neural under network. The, a neural network under the ground for plants and trees and they can shuttle nutrients around. And That's another podcast. Yeah. And like how plants <laughs> are like, n maybe not conscious on the way you understand consciousness, but they have their own consciousness and can respond to the environment they can hear things we're gonna have to have a part uh, two just about the plants yeah, maybe we'll see um, i'll just go or the, what's the book secret life of plants I think. oh yeah i never read it but i heard about it um it goes into all that stuff um 
So where were we going here? Agriculture. So we're talking about like how to be conscious with your dollar when you are a meat eater um, and what, so, where to get the best yeah. meat. So again, like just a quick point to bring up. Okay, so a vegan eats a lot of produce. Well, that produce came from somewhere, so it was shipped which in, a, in a truck. Pol- pollutes which just as much pollutes. as the cow. <laughs> um, how many bugs were killed on the windshield of that truck? <laughs> if you want to really get into it. You can get um, deep. And then also go work on a farm. Go work on a small farm and then go work on a, you know, a monocrop, you know, modern agriculture farm. And you'll see how, like, that, that the harvesting of, of beans or, or rice or whatever. Um, on a large scale. On a large scale kills a lot of animals. Mm-hmm. Because, well, first of all, by putting those plots of, you know, acres of agriculture, you're displacing natural environment. Yeah, you're just you're just hijacking yeah, the ecosystem. But there's still going to be animals living in there anyway, mm-hmm. and you're going to try to manage them with pesticides, which is killing which them. is killing them, and then that's a whole other rabbit hole of how to manage that. But anyway, there's going to be animals in there nonetheless. When the combine comes through, because it's large machines that that harvest those large large scale farms, um, those kill a lot of animals: mm-hmm. frogs, mice, all the field animals little deers Mm -hmm. and like you know bird like uh birds of prey will circle the combines as they're going through and wait because they're just going to pick up the scraps Mm -hmm. um so at least you know at least it's going to a good place it's going to a good source yeah but again like how many animals were killed in the in the process of your uh two two pounds of kale or whatever or your tofu burger you know like his beans and then like this whole recent like like fake meat impossible burger stuff is just yeah and just the resources to process like you have to think about what it takes to get your food to you as well as what it took to raise that food right so like something i always bring up is like forget about vegan paleo whatever try a 20 mile diet yeah try try to to get your food sourced from no more than i mean you can you can scale it to if you live in the middle of the city you're gonna have to go further out right uh but still there's local farms everywhere and you can you know the way to do it is to Support your local farm. Because, like, you know, again, voting with your dollar, if everybody mm-hmm. did that, that would drastically change mm-hmm. the... Um, the demand. There would be more local farmers. Yeah. Because pe- those people would be making a living. But Right. And it would actually create jobs because, you know, right. a thousand acres is run by one guy and lots of machines. Yeah. But if it were many small things, there would be more, diver- more diversity and uh, of food and it would... And, and organic farming done the right way especially like biodynamic farming actually restores um restores the topsoil and so that's why pasture raised beef is actually carbon neutral because the beef they're you know they're the cows they're ruminant animals so they're they're walking around on these fields eating the grass and they're they're you know they're aerating the ground they're Mm -hmm. with their hooves and they're breaking it up and then you're you're not displacing environment like mm-hmm. whatever was in the grassland can stay in the grassland, and they actually put carbon back into the ground mm-hmm. by doing that, um, by having a you know rich topsoil. Yeah. And so it's actually good for the environment to support grass-fed uh, or you know pasture-raised cattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. In a nutshell. Um, we decided as a as a civilization and a nation to go hardcore for quantity but in general it's just like a life truth that you lose quality when you pursue quantity and there's like a lot of layers to this because like 
grains are subsidized by the government, so it kind of pigeonholes farmers into this deal of where I'm going to grow thousand acres of corn mm-hmm. not that we need more corn but because the government's paying me to grow mm-hmm. it so it's just going to go in like the storage bin or go and to there's not that same thing for local organic farmers and they make the organic process like getting certified extremely fucking expensive yeah. and like ar- arduous so you might not find organic farm or organic vegetables but just local. ask about organic practices right because a lot of people be like it's it's too much red tape too many loopholes too expensive to get those certifications but as long as they're practices practicing organically Mm -hmm. then that's good enough Mm -hmm. and if you i mean i would encourage you to help out one of the days because one that puts you in touch with like what it takes to make your food because in fact we learned while we were farming that america is babied we our prices are way way low for the labor that it takes to actually make our food especially good quality hard to grow it is hard work and we know from experience of actually doing the work it is not easy raising animals is way easier it is and like the people that are are harvesting our food they're getting paid dirt and then we then they were we're getting dirt cheap prices to to get that food so and all for the name of abundance, like mm-hmm. the illusion of abundance. It would be much better if we had small, tiny little grocery stores, barely stocked, but with local food, <laughs> instead of all of this abundance to go to waste. Yeah, and I think there is a there is a growing interest in that too. It's hap- It is um, definitely growing in the last yeah five years. I would say. Yeah. It's like getting trendy to shop local and. You know? Yeah, but no, I mean that even that gets like skewed and and it does. And it's like buy my local process. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is a local Walmart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got this down the street. <laughs> um, but so just to kind of like wrap things up, um, we are humans are have been eating meat for a long time, and our bodies process it really, really well. Um, so and and has nest you know uh, essential nutrients that. You can't really get from anywhere else. Like we didn't even go into B12 and all that. We don't. We don't need to. Um, but you can't get on a vegan diet unless you're heavily and carefully and with a lot of uh, financial investment supplementing. Mm-hmm. And again, it's a, a quote unquote. Again, I I do air quotes around healthy because I don't think it's healthy mm-hmm. when you get into the economics, the agriculture, all right. of that. What it takes. The what it, the efforts behind the, efforts, the supplement. Be, yeah, behind the food. Behind it. I don't. To, to have a quote, you know, air quote, healthy vegan diet, it's a first world option. Mm-hmm. And you need to be well off and privileged. Yeah. Privileged. <laughs> it's, a, it's a privileged diet. And, um, Hashtag privilege. And so I, uh, I'll give credit to uh, Daniel Vitalis, who has a lot of also interesting things about more like way deeper into like hunter-gatherer lifestyle, like living in a modern world, and he does a lot of cool stuff. But I like his uh, word, and I'm going to use it, uh, eating a four kingdoms diet because like i said before vegans think they're they they you know they think it's only plants and animals again because nobody goes deeper into the issues mm-hmm. and they think it's only plants and animals but they'll eat mushrooms which are a fungus mm-hmm. they'll eat kombucha and sauerkraut which are bacteria mm-hmm. and so that's three of the four edible kingdoms that that us humans can eat and so it's like and and then again go just reminding of how life eats life and can't grow plants without animals anyway mm-hmm. so it's like you're only hurting yourself really and um, you know our teacher paul check says that might be the greatest crime like people are doing this for you know uh for like moralism because they don't want they think you know non-harm they don't want to kill things they don't want to bring violence into their life with eating meat but 
you bring the greatest violence against yourself and that with your health your mental health yeah over time you know i mean in in certain ways like it's just as it's just as bad as as bad of advice i mean i'm not saying if you had to choose smoke cigarettes or be a vegetarian you'd probably want to choose being a vegetarian but it's the same type of thing where it's a little drip over time that you're depleting yourself and Mm -hmm. that's self-harm yeah so you're the first one you got to take care of before you can start taking care of and being morally interested in others. Yeah, you can't pour from an empty cup. Amen. Although there are, I've seen it online because like there's this whole like thing of, of people getting off of vegan diets and going extreme the other way and eating only meat on this carnivore diet, which I think is just a, it's it's a form of, it's basically a form of fasting with calories it seems, and or in a, an extreme elimination diet. So all these like foods that people would eat, all the you know because I mean all the foods people would eat on a vegetarian diet, a lot of them can cause autoimmune reactions, especially over time if that's all you're eating mm-hmm. and you're not diversifying. So they get all these uh, weird symptoms. They take out all the plants and just eat meat, and then all their symptoms go away and they start to heal. And so now there's this big uh, like battle on the interwebs mm-hmm. of vegan versus carnivore, and all these vegans are starting to come uh, finally like, you know, you know, coming out, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. that their health is deteriorating from mm-hmm. this vegan diet and that their what saved them was just eating meat again. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, Sustainable Dish podcast has a lot of anecdotes and scientists and smarter people than us Hell that yeah. go deep, deep into this. If you're interested in food, check them out. Um, yeah, food, animal welfare, a- animal agriculture. Sustainability. It's, it's a great podcast. Conscious eating. Um, but just realize, like, life eats life. You eat a Four Kingdoms diet. Even if you're vegan, you're eating a Three Kingdoms diet. Mm-hmm. Um, so neglecting the fourth one uh, even though that fourth one is required to make your other, you know, to to provide those other kingdoms, support those other kingdoms of life, but you're choosing to neglect the one. So life eats life. There's no way around eliminating animals from the process of food production, even plants. But there is a way to support, uh, like, holistic practices. Yes. Where we're doing less harm just by the intention and the method of yeah. raising it. And the large scale is not that method. Right. And so the way, and and so again, I think this is a Paul check quote, but what's best for the earth is also what's best for us mm-hmm. and vice, you know, vice versa. And so go support your local CSA. And for those who don't know what that means, it's community supported agriculture. Right. And basically what, how it you typically works is you just pay, you know, $500 in the spring and they have different sizes of, of shares. That's like av- somewhat average. Yeah, between I'm just, the I'm high just throwing out a number here. Five hundred dollars in the in the spring, and then that give and if you know a lot of people do it, that gives the farmers the capital they need to then grow for the season. And then each week you get a box of what is in season. So what's best to do is eat foods that are local and in season because mm-hmm. that's what is uh, if those are being produced. That's what's good for the earth, mm-hmm. and that's what's also good for you. And a lot of times, some of the CSAs will grow foods that you've never even heard of, seen in the grocery store, like, and it looks like a foreign object. But those are the foods that have been my favorite. Like, yeah. they taste incredible, and I get so upset that I don't find them in grocery stores. Yeah. So you get a, a lot, lot of, of diversity yeah. and variety, and you get to learn more, too, about food. Yeah. And just one other thing, um, maybe we can – this will be the, the – um, teaser for the second part on plants part two but like we gotta go soon you like you think you're eating a diverse diet but you're really not because just go like go google 
uh, the Brassica family. And you will learn that, what is it? Brussels sprouts, broccoli, kohlrabi, mm. cauliflower, cabbage. kale, cabbage. cabbage. Those are all in the They're same family. They're all the same plant. They're all literally the same plant that have just been yet yeah, that have just been selectively bred to emphasize a different oh, uh, a different aspect. part on the plant. Right. So, like for example, kale is the leaves. Right. Uh, kohlrabi is uh, like the kohlrabi is the root. The thick root. Broccoli is the flower. Cauliflower is a different part of the flower, um, and it just so just go look into that. That's a whole other like yeah. crazy thing. It's like the illusion of choice. But it's not really um, there. <laughs> and yeah, like, and you know, as far as like domesticated plants versus wild plants and we got a lot to get into y'all. So that's, but that's the, that's the, that's the gist of the, why you're not view, vegan. <laughs> our view on vegan is yeah. And why you're not really a vegan because you your be. plants eat animals and you are what you're, what you eat eats. Yes. Unfortunately we all have a, I mean, there's a cost to opportunity thing here. Like it costs us to, harm things to stay alive mm-hmm. and that's just the nature of it but we can do it with positive intention and yeah. you want to support the people that are doing it in your community with positive intention so that they grow and we reduce the harm in the larger scale oper- operations and in addition to a csa that's vegetables mostly you can get eggs from them too um and if they raise animals uh or if not find a farm that that does raise animals where you can do a share yeah so what you can do is get a half share, quarter share, eighth share of beef. And then you know you're literally, you're getting one animal. You're right. eating one animal that's going to feed you for, I don't know, I mean, depends on how much meat you eat right. and how many people you're feeding. But, you know, an eighth share of, you know, or if we were to like, it, it would be like for two people, like one 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 cow, one whole cow could feed you for, for two people for, I don't know, six months to a year, like depending yeah. on your meat consumption. I hear it lasts quite a long time, actually. Um, and yeah, that's one animal feeds you for most of the year instead of a billion that you're not sh- like that, that the blood's not on your hands, you but have, it really is. It is. That's the, that's the point of this podcast is unfortunately we can't escape that. So, so wake deal up with it. <laughs> wake up. Life we love life. you. <laughs> Don't be triggered. Don't be triggered. Hashtag triggered. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, look forward to the next podcast when Tom gets to come on again. I had mentioned we might be starting our own podcast at some point, but for now we're just going to stay on this platform. Um, If you have any questions or comments, leave them on this platform or wherever you're listening. And until the next podcast, I say good day.